Welcome to So Many Bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me from her palatial two-bedroom apartment in Chicago is Di Billick. Di, how are you? I'm just fine. Uh, as you can see from my Mario cosplay and my uh, friend's Luigi cosplay, I have a sidekick today. You have a sidekick. Declare your intentions, sidekick. My intention is to not steal the spotlight, but always be subtly supporting the hero, Di Billick. My name is Joe Davenport. Said the extrovert. (laughs) (laughs) Joe, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. I understand that you and I have a video game relationship. We do. We like a lot of games that are similar. And also, we are video games. I I am video games. Your video games? Yeah. Yeah. Your video games, too? That's so weird. Are you from, like, Northampton video games or Southampton video games? More like, yeah, South. I'm southwest. tired of your nationalism. That's okay? tawdry. That's tawdry. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? You always got to divide us all the time. Oh, I don't understand. I'm supposed to be the side. I'm supportive. I'm the sidekick. Everything's going to be okay. To unify ourselves. It's a little tricky. Sometimes it, people don't always ask, or if they do ask, I'll say, like, I'm from video games, That's you know? The wise move. I mean, my mom was from video games, so I'm 50% from video games. That's, to me, that's all video games. Are video games matrilineal, so they're carried on the mother's side? Yes. Oh, cool. Excellent. Okay, so (laughs) now I know who to thank. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Mom. You can send her a card. I'll I'll broadcast her address for everyone later. I'm sure you you won't edit it out. Nope. Yep, I will. I'll totally leave that in. As a quick reminder, So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com for details. Now, uh, Joe, uh, as this is your first time on, usually we start out by just talking about the games we've played lately. Uh, okay. What's going on? doesn't have to be new or like breaking games, just whatever. Okay. The game that I am most fascinated by right now and that fascinates me daily is Fantasy Star Online 2. It's, I guess, Japan. Japan only. It's an MMO, and I've got a friend who I've just chased through like all the free-to-play MMOs because we want to milk all of the content out of them. So we've got like a small guild presence on one of the ships in this Fantasy Star universe. Now, how how would you play this Fantasy Star game? On the computer with a controller, with oh, a, like okay. like video game style. But, I mean, is it uh, in Japanese text, or, oh, or how do you read it? I mean, so it probably needs to be filled in that there is a gigantic modder community and hacker community of English folks who really want to play this Japanese-only game. So you download something called the PSO2 Tweaker, and that... Yeah, it's a, it's a good name. <laughs> it's an evocative name. Uh, and then it will do everything for you. It will patch all of the dialogue files to English. It will patch all the item files to English. And one of the ships and one of the blocks on that ship is the unofficial English ship. So you can go there and find all of the expats who are hiding from the authorities who want to ban your IP address. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, we're, we're, we're like a pirate crew. We, we've managed to burrow our way into this game where we're not supposed to be, and now we're just sucking all of the juice out of it. It's delicious. That's pretty great. Yeah. Even the sucking juice part. Yes. <laughs> Maybe the best part. <laughs> now, did you play the original on the Dreamcast? I did. And that's what makes this so fascinating, because... For one thing, there's all sorts of callbacks. This is like Sega's last stand. This feels like if you were standing at like the nexus of all video game universe continuities, this is the last place Sega has before the Void claims it. So they're always <laughs> dropping, throwing Easter eggs at you. You can get like your guild hall to be the original Dreamcast version of the camp ship. You can like 
Final Fantasy fourteen just did a big crossover with them because Sega's desperate, so you could like fight Odin and get his helmet, <laughs> like the wow. summon and like ride his horse and shit. And there's like Attack on Titan did some sort of thing where I was able to like ride around on the back of a Titan. Like just Sega is a whore for any content that wants to just plug in to PSO two. It's last dying breath. It's its last dying, and that means that all bets are off. So I can like ride a chocobo through <laughs> some kind of Final Fantasy inflected environment in a Sega game where there's like a Sonic clone chasing me, and when I beat the Sonic clone, some giant world eating god shows up, and then I kick him with my jet boots. I mean, it's like. It's awesome. There's no part of that sentence I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really cool. So you've been playing that for a while now then? Yeah, we've had accounts on there for a little while, but recently have gotten reinvigorated because of the Final Fantasy crossover, and then we remembered that we love this game and that it owns a lot of the hours of our lives. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Any chance, do you think, of like a U.S. release? Everyone's always begging for it, but I think that's one of the things that they like about this game in Japan is that none of us are allowed to play it. <laughs> like, only the Ouch. ones who are clever enough to make their way into this closed circle are allowed to play the game. And even then, they have to stay polite or they'll get banned. I see. So you ascend the mountain, Mount Cleverest, and yes. <laughs> enjoy your time there while the rest of us lazy Westerners have to just wonder what might be. That's right. Sorry. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair on enough. our consoles, our physical consoles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Die. <sighs> I didn't mean to... I didn't mean to, like, open up a wound. It's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. You look fine. Everything's look, fine. Yeah, looks like everything's fine. Good. We're all video games here. We're all video games here. We're all video games. Uh, I'm 50% pirate as well. I mean, oh, okay. So that's all of it, then. Half video game, half pirate. That's all well, you got. But it's it's an inner conflict when I pirate games. It's just really... It doesn't feel it's great? It's fucked up. Yeah, it's fucked up, man. It should feel great. Yeah, it seems awesome. I, I, well, I won't talk about what I do with video games. I buy them all. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Joe, I never... <laughs> uh, I remember the first, uh, the first person who told me to buy a 3DS was Bill. And I said, what's that, Bill? Oh, that's homebrew. Well, okay. <laughs> I use that strictly to play an imported Japanese game. I chose... So you understand. I... I dabble. I might dabble. I, I played uh, Picross 3D 2 on the Japanese uh, platform before they finally released it here. Mm. So now I don't have to do that, and my copy of Ocarina of Time 3D now collects dust. Was it worth those beautiful extra months of exclusivity to play it on your hacked DS? Yes. There you go. <laughs> Every second. There you go. <laughs> Any other games you've been playing, Joe? I've also been enjoying, thanks to... Hero Diabolic, Dragon Age Inquisition, which I'd kind of sworn off Epic Games after finishing Fallout. I was like, I'm going to just keep it small. And then here comes this tightly scripted, epic sprawl of a real gem of a game. How many metaphors could I shove in there? A a wild pack of (laughs) star-struck lovers flaming through the atmosphere. I, I forgot where I started with this. Nailed it. Nailed it, yeah. Uh, he, Dragon Age Inquisition is amazing, and when I'm not playing PSO2, I'm playing that. He hasn't even played Dragon Age Origins or Dragon Age 2, and he loves Dragon Age Inquisition. How? So what? much. So much. And awesome. I like that they let you go back in and create a world state based on all the decisions you would have made in 1 and 2. Makes me feel included. Oh, yeah. That was oh, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, like, uh, did you do that in-game? 
There's a website you can go oh, to. Oh, you went to the website. Yeah, you, perfect. I went it's to the, the website. The Dragon Age Keep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a pretty cool feature when that came out. Yeah, just even even having played, I played like half of Origins and then all of two, and just going in and messing around with that stuff and just tweaking my decisions. I guess was yeah. fun. Yeah. Are we not almost on the two-year anniversary of the release of Inquisition? I believe we are. And I have done nothing to plan for observing it yet. <laughs> where, where, where is the time gone? Remember that big Kunari suit, that big cosplay that you came in here that one time with? I would like to see that again. Well, you know, maybe if I can get it back from customs. What's your Kunari name? Uh, in, oh, you're blushing. Uh, aluminum stag. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, that's pretty good. That's pretty, you know, modern, but classy. Thank, thank you, thank you. You know, don't try and kiss and tell about my Kunari Sona, you know. <laughs> Kunari Sona. Yes, yeah, good Kunari night. Sona. <laughs> good night uh, and goodbye. Swish. <laughs> uh, anything else, Joe? Um, I think that the most important thing about playing video games is friendship. Yeah, all right. That's where you're supposed to put the aspirational music cue. I agree. Man, what a great, uh, what, a, what a great point. <laughs> That's the, that was my anything else. Okay, right. awesome. I got a chance to say it. Awesome. Di, Di, welcome back. Oh, thanks so much. Have you played any video games? I have. Uh, I've been playing Final Fantasy Explorers because I'm a Final Fantasy fucking whore. Mm -hmm. That's right, Mom. I'm a fucking whore. <laughs> it's weird. It's in your Twitter bio, too. <laughs> Stop the presses. Final Fantasy Explorers. <laughs> what is it? It's, it's Final Fantasy Explorers. You have this... I mean, it, there's a crystal... In, in the quest. Isn't that shocking? <laughs> okay, wait. I, just, I, I, <laughs> I need a second. I just want to say. So, something about a crystal, and then you go and you complete some challenges. I have not yet gotten to the point of the cameos of our favorite Final Fantasy characters. That's what hooks you in. But apparently they are there, and again, much like Theaterhythm, which Joe is also a fan of, uh -huh. the uh, Final Fantasy heartstring tug is alive and well in Final Fantasy Explorers. Man, if it's a standalone and you've never played Final Fantasy before this, just don't even fucking bother. <laughs> <laughs> but man, if you love Final Fantasy, why not add to your collection? Um, is it multiplayer? Is it like Crystal Chronicles? No. Oh. It's not? I don't play, you know what? I don't think so. I haven't played it with anyone yet, so okay. I don't really know. I've been kind of a recluse over the past few weeks. That could put me over the edge. You know, playing another pandery Final Fantasy game without bringing my friends along. I don't know. I know. But if I could, if I could do that with friends, yeah. I'm there. I'm not too familiar with the game, but I believe it's like Final Fantasy's take on Monster Hunter. Mm. Yes, pretty much. Pretty much. That's what I've heard as well, as far as comparisons. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in that case, then, I, I, would, I would imagine there's multiplayer in there. I, I would be... I would be surprised if there wasn't. Let's put it that way. I, I probably shouldn't have spoken too soon. Maybe I should no. talk to my friends more and see if they want to play it. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> In RE, my previous point about friendship. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, other than that, Sign I've been... Yeah, see? That was a really good circle. Uh, <laughs> other than that, I decided it was retro gaming week last week. I downloaded all the Marios. Well, okay, not all of them, because aren't there about 
there are, five of them in, in I, I feel, There's like a core a canon of Mario's that might be maybe, right. you know, a dozen. So I played Mario 1 and I beat it. I played Mario 2 and I beat it. I played Mario 3, uh, Joe and I played Mario 3 today for just slightly, such so a slight, like we got to World 2, right? We got to World 2. Uh, and I had, um, Dan and I have been playing uh, Super Mario World. Nice, And nice. I've been obsessing over beating Punch-Out this past <laughs> week. Oh. <clears throat> and I'm, and I used to be okay at it as a kid, and I had it when it first came out, and which put me at about age five, I think. Five or six. That, that would have been tough as a five-year-old to beat Punch-Out, I think. Yeah, you know what? Nintendo isn't tough when you're younger because, I mean, you obsess over it constantly, and you memorize it. You memorize all the patterns, and... You know, remember my last article was about children who play video games mm-hmm, being mm-hmm. smarter because they are able to uh, recognize patterns more easily and they're committed to memorizing blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Nintendo was very hard back then. So picking it up again, I'm, I'm way better at it as an adult. But I am stuck on the second bald bull. I cannot beat him. It took me a week. Excuse me? It took me a week to beat Soda Popinski or what's his name? Vodka, Vodka Drunkinski. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took me a week to beat him after watching tutorial after tutorial on YouTube. And then I finally beat him and I was... So Final Fantasy Explorers, Punch-Out, Mario. That's what I've been playing over the past couple weeks. Back in college, I remember trying to beat Punch-Out using, like, an emulator and save states. <laughs> Even doing that, I could not get past uh, Mike Tyson. I could get, I could beat Super Macho Man, but I couldn't beat Tyson. It just was, like, too high of a wall to climb yeah. to get there. I mean, I used to put in the, the passcode and try and beat Tyson, and I think I knocked him down once, and that's as far as I got. I think games like that, it, it might be self-defeating to start at the end. Because you have to get into that flow state. You yeah. have to like really be in the moment to be able to pull off those last levels. And starting cold on the last level is like just inviting disaster. Yep. That's kind of the the same with uh, like Mario Brothers three though. I find that yep. like mm-hmm. when I was younger, I'd always get the warp whistles and I would go through and just try and beat the stage eight and stage nine and not be able to do it because I hadn't develop the skills necessary through the earlier stages. Yeah, you got to remind yourself just how far you can jump to get that like super pinch timing. You can't just remember mm-hmm. that cold. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it wasn't until I went through and I I played every level and took out every stage that I was able to make it to the end and beat the game. And that was like 2 years ago. Oh, <laughs> <Nice>. really? <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I saw the end. I mean, I I had I was known to employ a game genie back then for Mario Three, and it was simply because it was just such a an adorable and charming and darling game with the Tanuki suit and the hammer suit and the frog suit and the, I mean, like permanent Tanuki suit Mario. Uh-huh. How can you? I mean, game genie. Uh, that was a weird <laughs> exercise. <laughs> 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 I think it's so weird that in that game they had like all these weird suits and you barely got to use them. Like yeah. the frog suit you got a decent amount of run with, but like the Hammer Brothers suit and the Tanuki suit, like never. Yep. And they don't really they they sometimes seem to harm more than help. It's like the novelty of it makes you play stupid. <laughs> no, I, I agree, yeah. I would be too gun shy, like trying to get my new toy around the level without getting harmed. Yep. Exactly. Mm. 
nowadays they would just like cut two of the suits and make the one suit like available in world the second level and then you would just see it like every other level for the rest of the game yeah I don't know how I part of me loves the fact that there could be just a really esoteric item that does nothing like the golden spoon in Final Fantasy 4 or something like you have to beat a super hard boss just to get this useless shit (laughs) at the same time game developers have gotten so much tighter in their craft that now they meld all of these systems into like a perfect delicious morsel where everything gets used properly I guess there's room for both in this world Hmm. yeah but the old ways where you could just find a tanuki suit and have no purpose for it except that it was cool that's kind of neat, too. I mean, today I used the Tanuki suit, and I turned to stone, and a bullet bullet guy went right through me. What's his name? Bullet Bill? Bullet Bill. Yeah. Bullet yep. Bill. Hey. hey Went right through me. Just didn't care. Well. Nothing bad happened. I'm it's not... It's not useless. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Point, <laughs> Point I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have any follow-up. I'm Point sorry. Made sorry. Points awarded. <laughs> I don't even remember ever getting the Hammer Brothers suit. It's in level 7, right? I don't know, I just don't remember it. Yeah, you have to get it out of like a uh, one of the mushroom houses, or I think you can get it like beating the Hammer Brothers, maybe. Mm. I think you the in one of the levels, there's one of those large question boxes, and you hit it, and then it comes out, and then, yeah. Do you, do you throw like the barrage of hammers, or just one at a time? Uh, I think, I don't know. Because the hammer barrage is, is nuts. Is it in a couple of times? Maybe it's one at a time. I don't quite remember. Is there a Game Genie code that can just make a constant spew of hammers? <laughs> game Genie, I haven't employed a Game Genie since I was probably in third or fourth grade. There's some kind of really good metaphor for a device that you can pay for to cheat. But <laughs> I'm not going to reach for it because I'm lazy. And that's what I've been playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as for myself, uh, I've been playing Overwatch. Joe, for like the last three months, I've been playing Overwatch, so I've talked about it a bunch of times on here. I just, I figure if someone's listening and they listen to a bunch of episodes, first off, thank you. Second off, <laughs> <laughs> and second off, they probably know how I feel about the game. I don't okay. want to. I'll go back and listen to some back episodes. Yes. So I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> research. <laughs> uh, for current games, I, this isn't a new game, but I've been playing Lara Croft Go. And I should say, I guess, Lara Croft Go, because it was we were playing the episode, I said Lara Croft Go, which became, uh, like, Veracross. We heard Veracross. We heard Veracross. Veracross. Veracross Pro. Not li- really. Like a logistical organizational software suite or something for... Office parts for educational education. organizations. I found some varicose vein apps. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you would do with a varicose vein app, but you can get that on the App Store. You oh. could also get Lara Croft Go on the App Store. <laughs> so I've played two games. I played Lara Croft Go in a literal game of telephone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. Uh, so as far as Lara Croft Go goes, uh, you know it's starring the to- Tomb Raider character Lara Croft, but it's not like a platformer. It's not like jumping around. Instead, it's a puzzle where you have like a grid laid down. There's there's the jungle and there's the uh, like the ruins around you, but there's a grid where only you can walk. And it, when uh, you take one swipe with your finger, then you move that one space. And there might be things going on around you. There might be like uh, traps that are triggered, or there might be wild animals like spiders and stuff that are moving around. Or if you get too close to a snake, it'll pop up and bite you. Exactly. That was yes. My snake impression. 
flawless snake impression. Thank you. Thank you. Here's my snake impression. Metal Gear. <laughs> yeah, even better. You come from video games. I can tell. <laughs> it's in you. I, I wish they would say just Metal Gear, but that would be way better. <laughs> uh, but the idea is just you start at one side of the stage and you're trying to get to the other. And it reminds me a little bit of like the very, very first Tomb Raider games for like the PlayStation, where they hadn't really gotten 3D movement down yet. So like you had to move on this gr- sort of grid on the ground. It was invisible, but like yeah, you couldn't just like run freely. You had to like move in like one of eight oh, axis directions. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I think the word is isolinear, but I like big words and not knowing what they mean. The other brothers can't deny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, it sounds like yeah, an isolinear experience. And the graphics are very cool. They got they're very clean look. Uh, you were saying, Joe. Yeah, so, vibrant. Vibrant. Perhaps cel-shaded. Perhaps cel-shaded. They, they're, they're pretty, and they pop. Now, on a small screen, you still see It's still like a very nice experience of looking at the pixels move around. Absolutely, yeah. And the animation is very nice. Uh, I was mentioning earlier to Joe that, like, you know, Lara's, uh, you know, moves around very fluidly, but then they also took the time to, like, throw in extra animations. So, like, sometimes she'll just, like, climb up a wall, and then, like, when she gets to the top, she'll just, like, pull herself over. Other times, though, she'll, like, vault up into a handstand and then kind of gracefully, like, tumble over one leg at a time. But just, like, sometimes, like, one out of every ten times, <laughs> which is very neat. Like, you don't have to do that in a game, but it's, it's cool when you do. Do you think she does that sort of stuff more when she gets to like you? <laughs> is, that, uh, is that a mechanic in the game? I don't know. Uh, I haven't discovered the, the uh, dating sim part of the... Uh, <laughs> it's in there. Look for it. I'll, I'll keep looking. I'll, I'll look for that next to the nude code. Yes. <laughs> nude code. Oh, Christ. Uh, and then also when you're moving around, you can kind of just tap the screen. There are hidden collectibles. Each, Ooh. Yep, each stage has like one bigger item that you're like assembling pieces for and then there's like a precious gem and you're trying to collect all of a precious gem and it's very it's very very pretty looking i feel it's very well suited to the phone with the swiping mechanics and the tapping like they really took their time and thought about how it would work on this unique platform and i I appreciate that you also have a small phone you don't have i mean compared to me is this phone small is my phone small Compared to my phone, it's pretty small. We have the same. We have the same phone. Yeah, you have the same. You phone. have like a five S or yes. five. Okay, yeah. This yeah, is a, on this little little iPhone, and when I say little iPhone, I'm not condescending. All I'm saying is I have a Note, which is you know bigger than my head, and I prefer like that. But even I mean, playing games on this, playing I have Final Fantasy IX on my Note, and it's still kind of it's gorgeous and beautiful, and the re-release was amazing and and great, and it made a lot of improvements. But I was shocked at how clean the lines were on this game. On on Lara Croft Go, yeah, yeah. It looked it looks so good on your iPhone, and it's like you know, like I would say it's like like all screen, and then you know the iPhone is not all screen. (laughs) No, yeah, Yeah. I'm giving up like twenty percent at least of the size of your phone, and it's not yeah. And it still looks beautiful, and it looks extremely interesting to to play and to figure out. Yeah, it's, I don't think it's terribly long. I've only been playing for like three hours or so, and I don't think there's much more to go after that. Uh, but I've enjoyed it, and they've made a couple other games in this franchise now. They've got they've got Hitman Go, and they just recently released Deus Ex Go, I think aligned with the new Deus Ex game. And so, 
uh, when I'm done with this, I'm definitely going to check those other two out. So if they're doing that pattern of releasing sort of the flagship title and then there's a Go version, Final Fantasy XV ought to get one. That would be pretty cool. I'm patiently awaiting the Final Fantasy XV uh, release. They were just uh, 12 hours of gameplay has been released. Are, are you going to watch it? I'm not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You, it's all in the fence. I was like... There's no way. And when you say, I don't know, I was like, whoa, that in and of itself. <laughs> the fact that you're undecided. I know, but I mean, with the it was supposed to come out September 30th, and they've pushed it back to November, and not November 1st, but the goddamn end of November. What is it, 26th? It's like after Thanksgiving, I it's think. It's real. It's after Thanksgiving. It's like a Black Friday release. It's that's extremely wild. upsetting, and that's what happened with uh, Inquisition a couple mm. years ago, and... The Inquisition is good. Inquisition's amazing. We don't know. See, I played the 15 demo, and I didn't hate it. I did not hate the 15 demo, but I also, I, I tenderized my nostalgic Final Fantasy-loving brain by playing 13.1 and 13.2. And as much as I hated certain aspects of 13.1, and as much as I hated the ending of 13.2, I still... Loved it because it's Final Fantasy. Because yeah. I'm a Final Fantasy whore. They own you. <laughs> <laughs> they do. I think the the last game I enjoyed in its entirety in that series was seven. What about nine? I never finished it. Lost interest. Fucking Christ! It was you know nine. I, I'll, I'll I never, for your I for your benefit. Know. I'll revisit it. I shall. Please. I will I dive into my, my box of wonders and I will play through it again. Please do. But the point is. There's, it's been a long time since there's been a totally satisfying Final Fantasy experience. Oh my god. Nine was everything. So, Final Fantasy VI is the best Final Fantasy of all time. Arguably so. But Final Fantasy Nine is my well, favorite. I was like a freshman in college then. It was a time of changes. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh. I was... I, I've really enjoyed Seven, and that's, I mean, that was the pinnacle for me. You guys are hurting me. You're hurting oh, me. Okay. Not intentionally. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm not closing the door on it. And the larger point was simply that their mojo has not proved virile. <laughs> I. It's not strong. <laughs> I, Your I'm, vocab is stuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a Final Fantasy whore. So your vocab is moving. Ra- yeah. <laughs> You're just filthy, and that's okay. I come from a place called video games. <laughs> oh, ah. and from the other side of the tracks in video games. Oh, Don't yeah. look at me like I just that. heard your accent move from one side of the tracks to another side. <laughs> it was awesome. She tries to cover it up. Do it again. <laughs> Listen, I took voice training. I only talk like this when I get drunk <laughs> on Final Fantasy yeah. and talking about it. Anyway. Anyway. Obsessed with uh, 15 already because I'm a Final Fantasy whore. Whore. Please go play Final Fantasy 9. I will. Please finish it. Oh. I promise you the story is beautiful. Everything is enriched with... With glory, there are two amazing side quests. One is Chocobo Hot and Cold that gets so in-depth. The other is a fucking card game called Tetramaster. I never get into their, like, side games. But they're so great in this one. They're so great! Okay, I I will... I'll blog about it. Please do. And honestly, they they released it on the phone. I think I bought it for $16. And this is probably the 13th or 14th time I've played it. I fucking love 9. As always, we always go to Final Fantasy. 
Who is the we? <laughs> Who is the whore? We means diabolic and the other Final Fantasy whores of the world. Okay. Yeah, All right. I'm, I'm a whore. I can't deny it. It's also, it's not this dystopian future. It's more medieval. In, uh, okay, so in that, those are the games we've been playing right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only games we've been playing. <laughs> oh, God. Stop the whore from talking any longer. She's oh, whoring up this podcast. <laughs> oh, boy. Knowing where our next segment is going, I don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> uh, Joe, I, I am not kicking you out because it's not my apartment. But would you kick me out? I would, can't. That would be really exciting for me. Uh, get out of here, oh, you! No. <laughs> we have so much history together and it's, not, it's just for nothing. You gotta go! <laughs> it's just for nothing. Our time together in video games it meant nothing to me. <laughs> now he's just trying to wound me. Fine, I'll go. Well, that was a lot of fun. Thank you for letting oh. me crash your podcast. My pleasure. Feel free to come back anytime. All right. And uh, we have successfully rid ourselves of Joe. Uh, oh, I'm so glad he's out of here. Joe, if you're listening to this, you're probably listening to the podcast because you love the sound of your own voice so fucking much. But I swear to God, if you ever wear that Luigi suit on the day that I wear my Mario suit ever again and then have to make me scramble to make up an excuse as to why and to have some convoluted reasoning, I swear to God, I will murder you in your sleep. So I was just going to say thank you, Joe, for coming on. <laughs> Of course you would. Of course you'd say that. And Love you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> with that in mind, we'll be moving on to our Choose Your Fighter section. Uh, here, Di and I will square off with one article, news event, or upcoming game that we've discovered until only one of us is left standing. Uh, so for this, uh, we'll start out with the low note, uh, so we can end on a high note with me. Uh, rather, we'll start out with a low note with me, and so we can end with a high note with Di. Uh, as of this recording last week, uh, there was an article published through the Daily Beast, which appeared to out Palmer Lucky as a supporter of Nimble America. And supporter might not do it justice fully. Uh, so to give a little bit of uh, context here. So recently uh, there has been a post made on R the Donald, the subreddit for Donald Trump supporters by a user with the name You Nimble Rich Man. And it was basically a call to arms to use to give funding to Nimble America, which is a... It's trying to use social media, more or less, to influence voters, and in this case, to influence voters to vote for Donald Trump and not for Hillary. And as a part of that, he was saying, hey, I am this guy. I, I, he wasn't identifying himself in the post. But he's like, I'm a very rich person, and I feel like I can help contribute something here, and I want you to be a part of this. And in checking off all the boxes in the most distasteful part of this is um, Milo Yiannopoulos for, uh, of Breitbart, formerly of Twitter until he was banned for being, harassing Leslie Jones and numerous, numerous other people, uh, came in and vouched for you nimble rich man, saying, hey, we should get behind this guy. The, the, the funny part to me is actually that R. the Donald actually protested against this funding, against Nimble America. Why? Because they weren't, it wasn't clear to them why they wouldn't just put their money into like a super PAC for Donald Trump to support him directly. 
they they wanted to uh, know more about who this person was who was coming in and promising to be a rich person. They thought it was kind of a trap, more or less. That, sure. That, that someone was coming in to troll them, more or less. And as part of this discourse, on Thursday, the Daily Beast released yeah, information indicating that you nimble rich man is actually Paul Murlucky, who is one of the, the lead designers on the Oculus Rift project, one of the VR headsets that have recently come out. And as part of this, it's come more to light that he may have some alt-right views, uh, some unfortunately some regressive views at least, looking at his Twitter history and looking at uh, articles or tweets that he has he had liked and now unliked that show generally support for alt-right views. Uh, there may be an indication that, yeah, he doesn't have the highest opinion of uh, Hillary Clinton or liberal views. I think he should keep his virtual reality set off my uterus, first of all. Secondly, he was denying this, as far as what I read. He was denying that he was this person on Arthur Donald who said this, and everyone else is saying that, no, that's him. That's definitely him. Right, yes. After he denied it, the uh, the, write, the writer, the reporter from the Daily Beast came back and posted screenshots of an email that he alleges is an, a conversation between him and Palmer Lucky, indicating that he what Palmer Lucky was nimble rich man. Huh. Okay. At the very least, we can 100% confirm, and probably 90% confirm the rest, that he did provide funding to Nimble America. This was definitely the case. Right. That is indisputable. And there is also an implication that if he is Nimble Rich Man, then he may also be the vice president of Nimble America, mm-hmm. based on the description offered on their very website. And to an extent, to an extent, okay, so I'm going to give a lukewarm take here. <laughs> I... There are people who I, I wish they would not support Donald Trump, but ultimately I, I feel that they are good people at heart and that I need to try and relate to them in some way and be compassionate and understand their point of view because, you know, we're all living in the same place and we need to, after this is all over, come back and build a consensus again. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like, based on the writing in the Nimble Rich Man post, doesn't feel like Palmer like he's even being uh, sincere about this, that he like really believes these things. He refers to it as basically a good time. Like he's just doing this for the lols. But you can't possibly, if his intentions are to have fun with people and with, I mean, you're dealing with an election. You're funding a man who is spewing vitriol and then turning around one moment later and saying that he's not and just flip-flopping so shamelessly. I mean, this week, the the other news that came out about Trump was that something that I read on Reddit, because I'm on Reddit all the time. We already discussed this. We're, (laughs) We're both on Reddit. Uh, R of the Donald makes me want to die because it gives me something in common with them. And so, you know, the red pill as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that whole thing just makes me want to die. Uh, anyway, if you can... I know you you probably have seen this before. But it's a clip of Donald and... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that it was 
1998, and it is Donald Trump saying, yeah, if I were to run for president, then uh, I would I would run Republican because Republicans are the only dumb ones dumb enough to vote for me. And this video is nowhere to be found. It's gone from the internet. <laughs> it's totally gone. And of course he has enough money to have people comb the internet and take down incriminating things, but like... I, I, I just, my brain wants to fall out of my head, and it's not about Democrat or Republican. It's about how if someone shows you their character and who they are as a human being, if you don't believe them, then I don't know what to tell you as a person. Uh, and now we're going to this dark Donald Trump place. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will not be voting for Donald Trump in November, and you can feel free to email me or something i guess actually yeah sure we'll talk about it you can email me or message me on facebook or twitter tweet at me i guess but we don't i won't get into it too much here it's not my political opinions aren't personally important i think i just i'm bringing it to the attention here because of the ties to video games to palmer lucky right and most importantly not just his political views but the disingenuousness of his political views mm -hmm. that is the part that bothers me here it's alarming because i mean it's it's important it's not something that you, sh you should not be doing anything political for the lulls ever like yeah i, I mean i there are definitely people who are very rich who support that support things for their own interests which is sometimes Selfish, sometimes noble, mm -hmm. but in either case, at least sincere. Exactly. If you can't do something in earnestness, then your intention is total and complete shit. And like he, when he did admit that he funded Nimble America, he pointed out that he's a libertarian and that he plans to vote for Gary Johnson in the election, is what he said. Which is... I roll. It's weird. It's, it's, I don't understand where he's going with that. And it's really... It's really hurting, I think, the public perception of not only him, but also the company that he works exactly. for. Exactly. Do you think he's just trolling everyone? I don't think he fully has understood the implications of what he's doing. He, because he didn't double down, because he's backing off, he's not fully apologizing. I mean, I don't necessarily believe he has to apologize for funding another political group. Sure. I, and he doesn't have to say he was wrong. But yeah, he's not... Coming at it like, yeah, what about it? Fight me. But he also denied it at first. You know? I mean, it's, he's confused. I think that the whole thing is confused. Yeah, I think he's confused, and I think he probably did not anticipate that he'd get found out, first off, and mm -hmm. then second off, that there'd be this much blowback on it. Right. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, compared to Notch, who has... Okay, so Notch is the creator of Minecraft, basically. Mm -hmm. And... He, he says that he is not a men's rights activist, but that he has given some views that would definitely align with men's rights activists. Mm -hmm. And men's rights activists have really proudly trumpeted the things he has said. Mm -hmm. I think that's... We can say all those things and be truthful about them. That's all we need to know. <laughs> but he doubles down. He is just like, these are the things I believe. I don't think I'm a men's rights activist. I believe in inequality, but this he his big thing is he thinks mansplaining is gender shaming. That that was like where he got brought into the limelight on these views, mm -hmm. and he doubled down on that. He's like, no, this is how I feel. I am right, you are wrong, and just like fought Twitter by himself. 
And if he is, it, like you said, if he is genuine and it is something he earnestly believes his point of view is the rational point of view and he's the one that's right, at least he has something that he is he is insisting is right and he has an opinion on it and he's not trolling. It's very clear that he's not trolling. Uh, I mean, whatever his views are, we can all agree to disagree on things, but if you're going to flip-flop and, and like have this ambiguity about what you're doing, then you are causing damage, especially to yourself and your own image, but politically as well. Absolutely. And, you know, they even the head of Oculus came out and did damage control uh, today and said, hey, people's personal political views have nothing to do with Oculus. (laughs) (laughs) Good save. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're not going to be divorced from a lot of people's minds, I don't think. (laughs) What is the phrase, uh, like, Close the door after the bull's out, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so that's been uh, kind of un- unpleasant <sighs> recently, and I'm yeah not a big fan of that. You know what I like? Escapism from political situations that give me migraines, stress migraines. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I, I think, yeah, I think I've put my, my take out there, so let's talk about something... Regarding video games. Here is my bit of news. The There is now an emulator. Emulator. <laughs> Own it. Own it. <laughs> Whoa, die. Slow down, die. Uh, there is a Nintendo 64 emulator for the Xbox One. And uh, we found this out this morning. It's an N64 emulator. Uh, it's for the Xbox One. How long do you think before they take it down? Man, uh, how long has it been up? I think uh, less than 24 hours as of today. I would have predicted. As of right now. I would have predicted 12 hours. 12 hours. hours? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's still up as of right now, as far as I know. Uh, they have. They're doing the. Uh, it's from the the developer is Mobwe. 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 Okay. Mobwe. Uh, it's a version of Win sixty four E ten, and it allows users to import the Nintendo sixty four ROM images from local storage devices onto Microsoft One's drive. Microsoft's OneDrive. I see. Okay. The the cloud equivalent. And so slash can... cloud. So then you have the the program on your Xbox, mm-hmm. Xbox One. Oh yeah. And then it, yeah, it interacts with the cloud, and that's how it. I mean, it probably would act weird if it was on the actual hard drive, but from the cloud, it's okay. Exactly. So a lot of people are saying uh, this is ridiculous. It's going to be taken down, and a lot of people are challenging it and saying this isn't going to be taken down. No one can sue this person. This isn't going to be blocked. It's I think it's totally going to be taken gonna be down blocked. real fast. There is no way <laughs> real, that real fast. Out. I know. The more people talk about it, the 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 percentage goes higher and higher to 100 percent that it gets taken down. Exactly. And Nintendo, they yeah, they're not are gonna... impossible. The last time I was on, I was talking about how litigious Nintendo is and how much they drop elbows on people for violating copyright. Yes, and like. I don't know. It's, it's people arguing that it's going to stay up is just hilarious to me. That is my little tiny bit of news. I think it's noteworthy. I think by the time this airs, it's going to be long gone. But by gone, then 
present listener, are the days of the N64 emulator on the Xbox One. I mean, as half pirate, you would know. What a glorious 18 hours those were. Yeah. Surely. Now, I wonder, would they go the extra step? Because I'm mostly sure you can go in and just, like, nuke a program on someone's Xbox. I'm mostly sure that they can just make it not work. Will they go and do that? Hmm. How long would you, do you think that would take them to do? That, I don't know. Uh, I... I Kind of just saying this, assuming, without any technical expertise. <laughs> right. Man. Uh, they might be able to... Okay, I'm not going to, you know, hypothesize technically, but I think it's possible, and I think if they have the means, they will do it. Sure. Dollar, dollar, dollar sign. How much were the games that you buy from, you know, virtual console on all of your systems? You know, like, uh, you have the Mega Man collection... For what, seventeen dollars mm-hmm. on yeah, all yeah. your consoles? So this N sixty four stuff. I mean, I, of course Nintendo is going to see dollar signs and more dollar signs and more dollar signs, and that's the reason that obviously why they were like that. And there's been so much talk of virtual console and like it seems like there's been an influx of classic games lately. And this is the best thing because of course you know we all love classic games. I friggin' I'm obsessed with classic games. I'm a fan. I love them. And, I mean, how much money did we all spend on a working Nintendo (laughs) that was, you know, retro? And this wasn't popular back in the early aughts. It just wasn't, you know? Like, no one wanted to buy my Super Nintendo and all my games. No one wanted to buy it. They weren't popular. And, I mean, you know, you have the hardcore fans. But now it's really coming back with a vengeance, all these classic games. And people are going to find ways to do it. Like, we're at the age now where, I mean, if you were 10, I mean, that's actually almost exactly the 20th anniversary of the Nintendo 64 right now. Yep. So if you were 10, you'd be 30 now. Yep. When you uh, are looking, and now you have probably disposable income. Yep. You, you, might, you might be married, or you might be single at this point, and you probably still have a decent amount of free time before your family is really big. Yep. And so, yeah, you can go out and just, like, rebuy all those games. And, everybody, you know, most people, anyone who loved the games, of course would buy them. They would spend the money. I know yeah. I spent money on classic games, but I didn't have to. And, I mean, it's just addicting. Like, they're probably not that expensive yet. I'm mostly sure of that. Like, because the big ones, the best ones, got a lot of print runs and a lot of manufacturing out of them. Right. So it shouldn't be too hard to come across a copy of, like, Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, Smash Brothers. Right. Uh, I mean, probably... <laughs> The hard product will be like finding a an analog with like the analog stick still tight and responsive right. <laughs> instead of just like busted. Right. I love it. I love that they're doing it though. I love that. I love that there's right now at this very moment probably still <laughs> maybe if we're lucky uh, an N64 emulator for Xbox One. A lot of people are that I've been reading lately have just been. Hating on Xbox One so hardcore. Really? Just so much on the internet in general. Oh. Just like we love PlayStation so much. Fuck Xbox One. And huh. uh, I don't own a PlayStation. I obviously used to, but I don't own a PlayStation 4. And I have an Xbox One. And I don't know. I don't have any qualms with it. Except, of course, the reverse compatibility, you know, snail rate of <laughs> converting these fucking games. 
I have a bunch of games from Xbox 360 just sitting waiting to be played, Bill. I, I wonder about that a little bit because I've ended up getting rid of most of my 360 games myself because so many of them got brought to, like, Steam. Right. And now they all live on Steam and I guess got rid of the discs. And I'm, right. I'm wondering, like, if 10 years from now I'll be shaking my head about that or kicking myself. Then again... Maybe I won't be able to get the patch I need to make the game work optimally. And exactly. So it'll be weird. And I think we're going to be looking at a new era very soon of games. Like, I think the demand is there to always make sure that they're playable after this whole reverse compatibility rift thing that I'm currently agonizing over. Ugh, so many games I want to <laughs> play. Ugh. And I don't use Steam, so... You know, should I? Uh, do you like the idea of buying 50 games that you'll never play, but they're $3 each? Yes. Okay, you should, get, <laughs> you should really get Steam then. Uh, so we have it on our office computer in bedroom number two, this palatial apartment. Uh-huh. And I haven't played it, haven't used it. Yeah. Okay. I, it's, a, it's a DRM uh, client, so, I mean, it's, you know going to hold all your games and it's got DRM on it mm-hmm. but they you know they're nice about it and they make the games cheap and they make them easy to patch and stuff so right. I am generally in favor of Steam even if it's not perfect <laughs> <laughs> so the only thing that so I haven't played and the computer in the office was purchased from a friend and it's used Dan uses it for business ah. so I'm never on it but if I were to be on it, where could I get a controller for the PC? That's actually pretty easy. Uh, it's You can get like an Xbox One controller and just plug it in, I'm pretty sure. Plug, but they're wireless. Um, hmm. Okay, so there should be an option either not, now or soon to do like a wireless adapter. Oh. Or if you have a corded... It's got to be corded. Xbox 360 controller. You can just plug it in. Gotcha. Really? Wire, yeah, wireless ones for the 360, you need a special adapter, which is hard to find these days. But if you have a corded 360 controller, or there should be an option either now or eventually or soon to set up an Xbox One controller with your PC. Interesting. Well, count me in to Steam then. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Go play Undertale. Okay. Yes. Undertale. Yes. Undertale. Yes. Writing that down. I'm going to trust you on this one. Yes. You've never let me down before. Nice. It's the official So Many Bits 2015 Game of the Year. Really? Yes. Did I spell it properly? Yes. It's spelled correctly. (laughs) Perfect. Oh, wait. Actually, shouldn't it be like (laughs) V-E-R-I-C-R-O-S-S? Co. Go. Co. Okay. Yeah. And I think with that, uh, that brings another episode of So Many Bits to a close. Uh, Di, if you would like to be reached, either in person or online, how can we reach you? Uh, you can go to my website, dibillick.com. Okay, all right. Uh, or I am producing a brand new show at Stage 773 in Chicago called Verbatim Live Classic Sketch. And it is once a month, the second Tuesday of every month 
for now until 2017. And we have groups come in and perform classic sketches. From SNL, White as Kids You Know, Mr. Show, Carol Burnett, Kids awesome. in the Hall, yeah. So our first show is October 11th at 7.30 at Stage 773. And as you know, I'm a resident at Stage 773, so my group Unlikely Company is returning in November for our last run of 2016. Excellent, excellent. Yes. So uh, doing lots of shows. And again, diebillick.com. Also, I have an international commercial out right now that's really embarrassing. It's just my leg. And that's the life of an actor. My leg is being shaved in China and France and Canada and the United States. And if you watch a lot of E! Entertainment television, which... Who doesn't? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Not sure what channel that is, but, you know, I guess it's on every five minutes. Wow. You can hear my dumb voice and see my stupid leg. And that's (laughs) that's what's (laughs) up right now. Shows, legs, and comedy. Excellent, excellent. Stage 773 for dumb legs. One more thing. One more thing. My uh, my pilot that I produced and wrote and am in is on IFC. It is on a show called Comedy Crib, and you should check it out. My show is called Blackouts. IFC, Comedy Crib, Blackouts. Yes. So for the folks uh, tuning in at home, IFC, we don't know what channel that is. E! Entertainment, we don't know what channel that is. We're just going to have to Google that stuff because no one watches TV anymore. Well, IFC is like the website, right? You don't, do you have to watch a channel for that? Uh, no, you can watch it on the website. Okay, cool. Or the app. Or the app. Yes. E- I haven't watched it yet, full <laughs> disclosure. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm busy playing video games. And who wants to watch themselves on screen? I mean, my brother. Oh, <laughs> okay. My brother likes to watch himself over and over again. Good for, that's nice. But he's only been in, like, a web series. You know, whatever. Just kidding. Uh, I'm not kidding. Wow, if he, if he listens this far in, he's going to be He's not late, he doesn't listen to anything I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe making fun of him will make him listen. We'll have to see. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jim. And as for us, we can be reached by email at so many bits podcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, we're so many bits on there. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at so many bits. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate and review or listen to us on SoundCloud. And last but not least, please check out the rest of the Second Wind Collective for other quality podcasts. Support independent art. The spirit of Dell compels you. <laughs>